Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless, Diva Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick, and I'm on a quest to glamorize good health. So tonight, I'm shining the spotlight on Ellen Resnick, an LCSW, and also the director of the Center of Thoughtful Weight Loss. Hello, Ellen. Hello. I wanted to say hello, gorgeous, Ellen, because I just uh, finished watching your new video, Shrink and Wash, on the Diva blog earlier today, and uh, I want to talk about your curly hair and your red hair and all things to do with thoughtful weight loss. So please tell our listeners a little bit about the Center of Thoughtful Weight Loss. Sure. Well, the Center for Thoughtful Weight Loss is a holistic model of treatment that's based on the Judith Beck plan, which is the Beck diet solution, the six-week plan to train your brain to think like a thin person. So in this model of treatment, we look at how our thoughts influence our eating behaviors, how our emotions influence our eating behaviors, and we teach people 42 tools that we put together in one comprehensive practice to give them absolutely everything they need to know to lose weight and to keep it off for good. I love it. And what is your website, just in case someone wants to go to the website right now? It's www.thoughtfulweightloss.com. And if you have any questions or like to make comments about either Thoughtful Weight Loss or the 42 steps involved with the Beck plan, you could call in on our Diva Digits at 347 347- Two one five eight five five one, and feel free to visit our website, divabetic.org. Now, Ellen, I mentioned your credentials right at the top of the show. You're an LCSW. Can you tell my listeners what that stands for? Sure. It's Licensed Clinical Social Worker. And are you covered by insurance uh, for people living with diabetes? Would they be able to have your services I'm considered an out-of-network provider, and I help people to get reimbursement, yes. Okay. And how did you get involved with weight loss? Did you have a a weight issue in your life? You know, not so much. I did take off about 15 to 20 pounds about six years ago, but the truth is that I became a diabetes social worker back in 1990, And it was a total fluke that I got that job. It's kind of a funny story. I was um, working as I was director of education at a computer school for seven and a half years. And although I grew in the position and it was, you know, very challenging work, I ended up tripping over a phone cord and ended up in the hospital. And when my doctor heard me on the phone trying to hire a teacher the day after surgery because I dislocated my shoulder, he said, Ellen, you're a social worker. Go do some important work. And so I interviewed or I went to a potluck dinner actually at um, a local community center where people were 
they had their, their badges on that said who they were and what social service agency they worked for. And I said, I'm Ellen Resnick, job seeker. And someone said, are you interested in diabetes? And the truth is, I didn't know anything about diabetes. And I said, oh, yes, I am. And I went and I read everything about it, and I realized it's all about behavior change, which is something I'm passionate about. So that's how I got into it. And I want to remind our listeners, if you just got into the conversation again, you could call in at 347-215-8551. I heard we might have some callers on the line tonight because it's such a big topic. I have to tell you, Ellen, I was telling the women at my Diva Club meeting in New York about thoughtful weight loss, and I have to tell you, they were rolling their eyes. Do you get that as a response a lot around thoughtful weight loss? Because it seems like it's a lot of work for people to do to actually lose weight. You know, it is a lot of work, Max, but those same people that are rolling their eyes actually are struggling. And I think the rolling of the eyes is actually a way that they're coping with the fact that they're struggling. And we often do that. Sometimes we use humor, sometimes we use sarcasm, sometimes we roll our eyes. But the truth is that as you work at the 42 tools, they do become easier. And we start off with one tool every single day, and we don't move on until somebody really gets that tool. So I'll go as quickly as people want to, and I'll go as slowly as they want to. And so, you know, the the concept of breaking down things that feel overwhelming into manageable bits is how we do thoughtful weight loss. Hi, you're on the air with Diva Talk Radio. Hello, you can announce yourself. I don't know if they're there, Ellen. So uh, 42 steps is a little bit overwhelming. Just in t- We're going to wait for that caller one more moment. But remind my listeners, I could be losing weight while I'm doing the 42 steps, can I? Or do I have to wait till I get to number 42 before they actually see some results? Oh, no. You you actually, in the best plan, you actually have the first two weeks, which are the first 14 days, is all psychological prep. So most of my clients actually are just beginning their weight loss plan, but we don't do anything formal until day 15. And the reason for that is we don't want them to fail again. We want them to have all the tools that they need in order to be successful once they begin because people are so frustrated at not having had the skills to handle all of those tempting situations where you have cravings and you have desire that we teach them how to do that. So let's talk about some of these common sabotages that you're mentioning. Uh, I know you you mentioned – cravings. So can you walk us through some of the common sabotages associated with weight loss and why diets fail? I'm going to start with thoughts, if that's okay. Okay. So many people have sabotaging thoughts when it comes to weight loss that sound something like this. I know I shouldn't eat this, but I'm feeling really overwhelmed today. I'm sad. I'm nervous. I'm tired. Everybody else is eating it. It won't make any difference. Nobody's watching. I'll make it up tomorrow. It doesn't really matter. I already blew it. So those are what we call sabotaging thoughts. And what we do is we help people to identify their particular sabotaging thoughts every single time they eat so that they can come back with a helpful response to those sabotaging thoughts. So, so for instance, words, if I told you I blew it again, you know, last night and dug through a pint of Ben and Jerry's uh, chubby mm-hmm. hubby, what? how would you help me t- reframe that? I would say I love chubby hubby too, Max. 
And the truth is we can't change what happened last night, but we can try to understand what happened when you were about to eat the chubby hubby. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? And what was it that you actually needed in that moment? But people really do use food as a drug. I know I want to touch on this idea of trigger foods, but before we go there, I mean, someone who's doing that sometimes is in denial around that. It, it does take a while for them to honestly at times admit that they are doing this, right? Do you ever find their shame associated with how much we're eating? Oh, of course. I mean, we are a society that very much hides those things that we feel ashamed of. And so as a psychotherapist, I'm building rapport with people so that hopefully they'll trust me enough to tell me. But it sometimes takes months for people to be able to acknowledge to me that they're they're still eating at night. And and then how are some more common thoughts uh, with the mindful pause and the concept of a mindful pause in play? So if I'm at a grocery store and they have a lot of, I ate because I was going to go shopping, I'm trying to be on point, but suddenly they've got all the cheeses from Cracker Barrel out there for me to enjoy, and I, I find myself just about to reach for them. You have something called a mindful pause that I read on your blog. Can you explain that to my listeners? Yes, the mindful pause is a way of slowing down, and a lot of thoughtful weight loss is about mindfulness. And that means that rather than just going on knee-jerk reaction of, I want the Cracker Barrel cheese, I'm going to eat it, we take a pause and we say, yes, I want the Cracker Barrel cheese. However, I really want to be thinner and more fit and healthier and get my blood sugars under control more than I want the Cracker Barrel cheese. And that's what we call building up the resistance muscle. Every time you talk back in a healthy way, you're building that muscle. And one of the other things you might need to resist is we've got another caller. Hi, you're on the air with Diva Talk Radio and our special guest, Ellen Resnick. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. I was just wondering, um, what is the power of positive thinking in your diet plan? Where, Alan, well, where's the power of positive thinking in your diet plan? That's a terrific question, and it's really about having realistic thinking. It's not Pollyanna. It's not Susie Sunshine because we all have moods and we're not always positive, but it is about coming down to reality, and the reality is I can't have it both ways. I can't eat the chunky monkey. I can't eat the Cracker Barrel whenever I want it and be thinner, so I have to choose. And that's where we look at realistic thinking or helpful thinking or alternative thinking rather than the Susie Sunshine kind of thinking. And caller, are you currently trying to lose weight or have you reached your ideal goal? I'm trying to lose weight. And how successful have you been? I've been somewhat successful, but I, I still have a good ways to go, I think. And what do you think has been one of the hurdles that you've been dealing with the most regarding weight loss? Um, it's my urges to eat junk food. I have to, I have to try and cut down on that, I think. So, Alan, uh, what we were just hearing about the mindful pause, so he has urges, I don't, I'm sorry, caller, what is your name? Malcolm. Malcolm, you have urges around eating junk food, so how would you coach him through something like this? You know, I would, Malcolm, actually coach you in several ways. I would have you really learn how to do the mindful pause 
where you walk away from the food that you're craving. And in fact, I would try to get all that food out of your house. And in fact, don't try. I would get all of the junk food out of your house. So I would start with a healthy house. I would then learn to be able to walk away from that food, take a few calming breaths, and check in. What am I thinking? So, Malcolm, for you, do you know what you're thinking when you're about to eat something that's not on plan? Yeah, I'm thinking, like, I want something that tastes good. Like, I know I shouldn't eat it, but, like, it tastes good, and it'll probably fill me up. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. And so would you be able to talk back to that if you walked away from the unhealthy food and say, you know, maybe I'm going to have a fiber one bar, which is something that I really like, and it's about 200 calories less than the thing I was about to eat. But the other thing that I think we need to learn is something called surfing the urge. And I'd like to discuss that a little bit. Sometimes talking back to our thoughts just isn't enough. And Malcolm, you can probably relate to this because sometimes it feels like those cravings are like a big waterfall or like an avalanche coming down on us. Does it feel like that sometimes? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And so what what we do is we have to stop that internal struggle that we have that actually feeds our cravings. So rather than standing in front of the food and saying, I want it, I shouldn't have it, I want it, I shouldn't have it, you've got to actually get some distance from it and try to fight those, those cravings, like I said, can feel like you're trying to block a waterfall. But with mindfulness, we actually step back and we become an observer and we just watch those cravings, we watch those impulses, we watch those urges just go right past. I know that my family is probably on the line, and in my family we call it going whoosh. And whoosh means that maybe we pass KFC and we go whoosh because everybody knows that one of my favorite foods is KFC. So we whoosh KFC, we whoosh pizza, we whoosh dim sum. And what that means is you say, boy, Ellen, I really want some pizza today, and I'm going to surf that urge. I'm just not going to get carried into the undertow of, of the craving. And, Ellen, could Malcolm benefit from having a diet buddy? Absolutely. I think everybody can benefit from having a diet buddy. So a Does diet he need buddy, to find someone who's currently on a diet, too, to be a diet buddy? Is that how that works? No. In fact, he, he needs to find somebody, in my opinion, who can be tough love. And that means he needs somebody who can say, yeah, Malcolm, I know you really want that, but in order for you to be healthier, to be more fit, to be more confident, to be at your goal weight, then you're going to have to not give in to temptation. So diet buddies can be people that you know. It can be family. It can be friends, as long as they're willing to do tough love with you. But another way to do that is on some of the social networking sites like Healthy Wage, which is one of the companies that I blog for. Uh, you can actually go on and read motivational interviews, uh, for people who are struggling with the same thing, sparkpeople.com, realage.com. So you want to put yourself in a place where you can be with other people that are, are also struggling with weight loss. Great. Well, thank you for calling in, Malcolm. And, uh, Ellen, we're going to take a quick break. But, listeners, you can call in, too, with your questions at 347-215-8551. Plus, the phrase of the month is Papa Don't Preach. 
I love that Madonna song. So post it on our Facebook group or fan page walls to enter our random drawing at the end of the month. And you might just be the lucky dude or diva who walks away with a Divabetic T-shirt. When we come back, we're going to play Pick a Number, and Ellen is going to help us to improve the relationship with the bathroom scale. You don't want to miss that, especially if you've got Lady Gaga's bad romance going on with your bathroom scale. But right now it's time for a quick break with Lisa. Take it away. Thank you, Mr. Diva Bedick. This month we've made a vow to inspire, and in this Diva Break, we'll give you a taste of what's to come. First, we invite you to vote for your favorite TV dad in our June blog poll. Go to divabedick.org and click blog. Next week on Diva Talk Radio, it's the Diabetes Roundtable, featuring the Charlie's Angels of Diabetes Outreach and Mama Rosemary's self-care tips. And dining out with a dietitian heads to Cracker Barrel to look for healthy food options. And there's a food aisle face-off between bacon and sausage. The Diabetes Roundtable is a whirlwind of wellness on Tuesday, June 14th. And the wedding month wouldn't be complete without the Bride's Guide to Diabetes, Diva Talk Radio's one-hour special for people planning or attending a wedding who are living with or affected by diabetes. Mr. Diva Bedek will host a VIP guest list of wedding, food, and fashion experts on Tuesday, June 21st at 6 p.m. There's more on divabetic.org, but now it's back to the studio for more Diabetes Spotlight. Please call now for free Diva advice at 1-347-215-8551 or join us in the chat room. Back at you, Mr. Divabetic. Okay, thanks, Lisa. And I would like to remind all my listeners that before I go to the chapel, I'm going to Philadelphia this weekend for the Philadelphia for the Philadelphia Divabetic Club. It's Saturday, June 11th from 10 to 12. You could contact me at divabetic.org if you'd like to come join us. So, Ellen, we're back, and you're the director of thoughtful of the Thoughtful Weight Loss Center, and it's time to play Pick a Number. That's right, listeners. We're educating and empowering divas living with diabetes one number at a time, and dudes like Malcolm. And tonight's special guest, Ellen Resnick, is going to help us by giving us our number. So, Ellen, it's time for Pick a Number. Ellen, what number number did you pick tonight? I'm so excited. (laughs) For 42. 42? And what does 42 stand for? 42 stands for the 42 tasks and tasks and skills that you need to learn for permanent weight loss one day at a time for six weeks. It's also double the number 21, and 21 is the number of times that we must do something to make it a habit. Wow. Is that right? You have to do it 21 times in order to form a new habit? Consistently. So that pause we talked about earlier, 21 times, and I'll finally be able to avoid the table of Cracker Barrel at the Whole Foods Market near my house? 21 times consistently and use all of your other 41 tools. And how can we read more about the Beck's plan? Do we go to your website? You can go to my website and look under resources, but the Beck plan is called the Beck Diet Solution Weight Loss Workbook the six-week plan to train your brain to think like a thin person. It's a lot of words. You can go to my website at www.thoughtfulweightloss.com and click on resources. All right. Now, Ellen, I'd like to discuss one of the biggest enemies in our weight loss lives, and that is the bathroom scale. 
I know you prepared yeah. your top three tips for to help us make friends with the bathroom scale, and we're going to go through them right now with the help of our producer, Lisa. Ready? Tip number three. You have used the phrase, oh, well. What does that mean? So, oh, well means I may not like it, but I have to accept it. And that's when we look down at the scale and we've either gained a pound or two or we've plateaued or even when we want to eat something that we know that will make the scale go up, it's oh, well. And, you know, the truth is we use oh, well at night, or I do, when I think about flossing my teeth. I don't really want to, but my periodontist said that I'm going to have much higher bills if I don't. (laughs) Oh, well, I have to. I love it. Okay, tip number two. Lisa's playing the drums there. Use the scale. (laughs) It's use the scale as one data point and not as a judge. What does that mean? Okay, well, for starters, mindfulness is all about being non-judgmental, and we are our worst enemies. So use the scale to be just one data point of how you're doing. Sometimes we plateau, but the truth is how our clothes feel might be a little bit baggier. Our energy level might be higher. There's new things that you might be able to do, like hike longer or less out of breath, cross your legs, not wear a seatbelt extender on the airplane. So the scale is really only one data point. And we do tend, as dieters, to be judgy, 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 don't we? Like we're always aiming for perfect, I think, right? We do. And, of course, there is no perfect. And the more we aim for perfect, the more we fail because we can't meet that criteria. It's just not possible. And now we're going to get – I'm waiting to see if Lisa has symbols to go with it. And now for tip number one. Alan, what is it? Well, tip number one is using the scale to motivate you. For me, it's really fun to watch my numbers go down when I'm dieting. And for me, I bought one of those scales, a thinner scale it's called, that actually has a graph on it. And it was really motivating to watch that graph go down. It graphs what? Your your weight as you're going? So you can see it week by week? You start if you're at, you put in your goal weight, and you weigh every day, which is controversial, I know. But one of the things that we do in the Beck Diet Plan is we do weigh every day for 42 days, and we learn to tolerate, as I said, the distress of when the scale doesn't move. We don't call that a catastrophe. We just use it as one data point. But if the scale goes up three pounds or more, then we go back to what we call day one rules, which is employing every single one of our tools and missiles for permanent weight loss. Great. And we just got a question from Helen in our chat room. She's living with diabetes and going through menopause, and the medications she's taking are causing cravings, et cetera, and I assume she's gaining some weight because of it. What kind of advice can you offer, Helen? Hello? Helen, are you on the line? Okay, well, we're still on the air, and while we are on the air, I'd like to remind everyone about what's going to be happening at the Philadelphia Diva Better Club this weekend. We're going to be challenging you at the cookout, and if you're interested in finding out what some of your favorite out on our YouTube channel. Now, we're back with our spotlight guest, Ellen Resnick from the Center of Thoughtful Weight Loss. Ellen, are you on the air? I am. Great. 
So we had a question from Helen who wanted to know uh, how does she deal with cravings. She's living with diabetes, and she's taking medications for her menopause as well as her diabetes. Do you have any advice okay. on that? So a couple of things. One is surf the urge, like we talked about with Malcolm a little bit earlier, to be able to distance yourself from the urge and say, wow, Helen, I am really wanting that Milky Way, and I'm just going to watch that urge and watch it change. Maybe it gets bigger, maybe it gets smaller, but I'm not going to give in to it. The other tools are to distance yourself from the foods that you crave. Leave the room. Get rid of the food. Throw it away. Give it away. Do some deep breathing for a couple of minutes. It'll help you to feel calmer. It'll help you feel more in control. Maybe have a cup of tea, whether hot tea, cold tea, depending on the season, and read your response cards to your sabotaging thoughts about cravings. The other thing you can do is some distraction techniques. Go get involved in something else. Maybe it's knitting. Maybe it's jump rope. Maybe it's playing with a cat or a dog or a child or reading a book whatever it takes in order for you to get away from the food that you're craving. Again, this sounds like the first step is really in accepting that you are actually having the cravings like this woman said in the chat room. And then the Absolutely. second thing is even though they might be driven by medications or other things we're taking going on in our life uh, with our hormones, the truth is eliminate all those um, um, – what's the word I'm looking for? All Triggers. Those, yes, Triggers. temptations from your life, right, to, to give yourself as much support as possible. You're absolutely right about the word acceptance. We, we really do have to act in ways that are in accordance with our deeply held values. So if our value is being able to hike Kilimanjaro or play with the grandkids or grow, go to your daughter's wedding and fit into a particular gown, whatever it is, get in touch with all of the reasons why you want to be healthy and fit and confident and be able to accept that I can't eat everything I want and have those things. And it takes repetition over and over again of being able to remind yourself that I'm going to eat again. It's not like I'm starving. This isn't an emergency. But in order for me to be thinner, I really do have to make changes. Great. Well, you know, May was a very sad month for millions of people around the world, Ellen, because after 25 years Oprah Winfrey went off the air. So if you don't mind playing along, we thought we'd pretend we were on the Oprah couch with you tonight. Oprah, and uh, in the final moments with her audience, she always asks her her special guest, which would be the director of the Center of Thoughtful Weight Loss, Ellen Rosemick, uh, to share a few encouraging words. What would you tell our listeners tonight? I would tell you that this is very doable, that although it may seem overwhelming to think about not giving in to your cravings, your temptations, your urges, that it really and truly does get easier over time. And it gets easier because you'll see results and you'll learn to nurture yourself with things outside of food. Very important that you find things that give you meaning and purpose, which is actually the true definition of happiness. One more thing, you have a slogan, and it's slow down, sit down, and be mindful. So we talked about that a little earlier tonight, and it's about sitting down to eat your food rather than being distracted by other things. When we're distracted by books or TV or conversation, we're not fully paying attention. And when we don't fully pay attention, we're not satisfied, so our bodies actually don't even recognize that we're full. 
So sit down, slow down, and be mindful means really exactly what it sounds like. Pay attention to the food you're eating. Pay attention to your levels of hunger and your levels of fullness. Put your utensils down between every few bites that you eat and count to 10 before you pick them up again. Take a sip of water every minute or two. Do whatever you need to do to really get in touch with savoring every bite that you eat. And choose foods that are healthy for you and that you love so that when you savor them, you don't feel deprived. Wow, I think you belonged on Oprah. Maybe if she comes back on OWN, you could check her out, and we'll see Ellen Resnick on that show, too. We're out of time tonight, but don't miss next month's Diva Talk Radio Spotlight with Holly Clegg, author of the recently released cookbook, Too Hot in the Kitchen, Secrets to Sizzle at Any Age, on Tuesday, July 5th. Visit our blog, join our Facebook group, and follow us on Twitter. And check out the Facebook fan page. I have lots of fun posting neat little deals like Papa Don't Preach is our phrase of the month on that. Plus, you can listen to all the Diva Talk radio shows on divabedit.org or download them for free on iTunes. Now, I would like to thank my special guest, Ellen Resnick. And Ellen, they could visit you at, tell us your, your website one more time www.thoughtfulweightloss.com. And thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm really honored to have been here today. Great. And divas and dudes out there, please remember, every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. Thanks for listening. Are you ready?